Welcome to Dead Pilot Society, the show that takes comedy pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed at streamers and networks but never produced, and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. I'm Andrew Reich, the creator and host of Dead Pilot Society. All right, the recording of this month's table read was a wild ride, and I want you to know the story a little bit before you listen. So, as you know, we do these reads on Zoom these days, and we have since the pandemic started. So this time we get on the Zoom at the appointed time, and two of the actors aren't there. We wait, we wait some more, and one of the actors is a fairly, has a fairly small part, and we can have one of the other people that's there fill in. But the other one's one of the leads. There's no way we can do the read without her. So we're texting her. We finally get word back. She's gotten the date, the time mixed up. She can't do it. So we don't want to, you know, I don't want to inconvenience everyone and reschedule. So I ask, you know, kind of half kidding, if anyone on the Zoom knows a talented actress in their 40s or 50s who could jump in. And Joshua Molina says he can ask Suzanne Cryer. Now, Suzanne Cryer is a brilliant actress. Um, she played Lori, uh, the head of the VC firm on Silicon Valley. She was the yada yada woman on Seinfeld. She's amazing. So, of course, we're like, yes, please, Josh, ask Suzanne. So he texts her. She says she's up for it. And like five minutes later, she's on the Zoom and reading one of the leads. Now, I always say that we do these table reads as cold reads, but it's not technically true because the actors have all read the scripts ahead of time. We just haven't rehearsed. So they're cold-ish, but they're not truly cold. A cold read is when someone hands you something and you read it cold. That's what Suzanne did. Suzanne did this as a truly cold read. She hadn't seen any of these words until she was reading them in this table read. So I just I just want to let you know that I just have to say that everyone in the cast was so patient and so game. And Joshua was so great to ask Suzanne. And Suzanne was so amazing to step in at the last minute. And the whole thing just made me love actors, love show business, love doing this podcast, love the people, the actors that we get to do this podcast. They're the best, coolest people in show business. So what were they reading? Uh, our pilot this time is Everything's Under Control by Megan Gailey and Aaron Burdett. Megan's a terrific stand-up comedian. Uh, Aaron comes out of UCB. He's also he's written on Man Seeking Woman and Close Enough. As you'll hear, they were brought together by their reps and learned that they shared this common experience of having loved ones who suffered from Alzheimer's, and they were brave enough to write a comedy about it. Our cast included our writers, Megan Gailey and Aaron Burdett, along with Patricia Richardson from Home Improvement, Joshua Molina from The West Wing, Gemma Moore from the horror film Host, 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Jake Nordwind, um, who was just so brilliantly jumped in for our missing actor in addition to the other roles he was playing. And, of course, as I said, the amazing Suzanne Cryer. Uh, hey, if you want to see the people reading this, see their faces, just become a Max Fund member. As little as $5 a month, you'll get access to the video and all of our bonus content from past years. It's a lot. Go to MaximumFun.org slash join. And now, enjoy Everything's Under Control. Mr. Robot Man, what are you doing? I'm just taking one last look at my co-workers. Every journey comes to an end. Remember, Black, the space will be with you always. Sorry, who are you again? 
There's Master Kieran. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Sorry. Just calling in. <laughs> Friendships will be tested. Don't you have to do it. You have to shoot Black. Okay. You shot him so fast. Destinies will be fulfilled. I've become a complete bird. I'm flying. I'm flying. Guys, we don't have a choice. We have to put on a show. We can do it in the old barn. We've got the costumes. We've got a stage. We can do it, you guys. Mission to Zix. The final season on Maximum Fun. All right, I'm here with Megan Gailey and Aaron Burdett. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey. Thanks for um, having us. Oh my gosh, so excited to uh, to to hear this. It's been it's been quite uh, an exciting uh, thirty minutes here on the Zoom, which I'll tell people more about maybe. Um, can you tell us just briefly the story of this? Um, how you came to write it, and when, and for who? Yeah. Um, so Aaron and I were actually set up in the classic Hollywood way by our manager. She thought that we would get along. And when we met, we realized within 10 minutes of meeting each other that we both came from families that had been touched by Alzheimer's, my grandmother, Aaron's grandfather. And we really wanted to make something that felt representative of our experience with it, which is obviously complicated and sad, but also can be really funny and loving and a magical time for a family. Um, Aaron, I'll let you go now. <laughs> uh, no, I think you said pretty much everything I would say. It was just like we had both had a bunch of experiences with our respective grandparents uh, that had shown us uh, facets of who they were that we didn't know about before they had the disease. Um, and we have like, there's a lot of stuff that happens surrounding this disease. Like life goes on. It's a, you know, it's a terrible disease, but life continues and you find all these kind of fun, funny, surprising moments that we were hoping to capture. Um, and so that's kind of what led us down this path. And again, it truly was like 10 minutes into meeting each other. We were I don't know how we both got on it, but we were just immediately talking about Alzheimer's. I bring Alzheimer's up very quickly in all my conversations. Um, and we we wrote this for ABC with our beloved Jamie Tarsis. Yes. Yes. And uh, for for listeners who haven't listened to the Dead Pilot Society tribute to Jamie Tarsus, uh, I really encourage you to do that. Um, and when we do the, the longer interview, I look forward to talking with you know to you guys about Jamie as well. Um, well, this is a great pilot and I can't wait to hear it. So we're just going to dive right in. And uh, Megan, thank you for doing double duty as both writer and performer uh, in this Absolutely. one. Absolutely. I'm going to uh, do a stand-up I'm doing stand-up at the end. Too. Yeah. Ten minutes. Ten. Aaron, you too. I don't want to yeah. diminish. Uh, I don't want to diminish the part you're <laughs> No you're spoilers, play, but there's a bus boy and I'm him. Yes. All right. This is Everything's Under Control, written by Aaron Burdett and Megan Gailey. It's the cold open, the establishing shot of the Healy House. The modest ranch-style home couldn't look more Midwestern. Single story, aged vinyl siding, slightly overgrown lawn. The garage can fit two cars if everything works out perfectly. A large Colts flag hangs by the front door, and beneath it, a tiny American flag is planted in a flower bed. Priorities. Inside, it's hectic in the Healy household. The family rushes about, packing suitcases, getting ready to go away for the weekend. 
In the living room, Beth, determined, self-appointed leader of the family, hurries around the room using a gigantic faded Indy 500 souvenir cup to water a bunch of very thirsty looking plants. Okay, people, we should have been on the road 15 minutes ago. She continues into the hallway where she sprinkles tiny drips of water on plants as her husband, Daryl, caring and pragmatic, rushes up to her. Uh, the rehearsal dinner tomorrow, that's a tie thing, right? Our daughter is getting married. The whole weekend's a tie thing. You always said the day would come when I'd need two ties. He kisses her on the cheek and goes back to his room. Beth knocks on one of the doors. How you coming in there, Mom? I can do it myself. All right, just asking. Brad, 16 going on 40, eloquent and nerdy, leans out of his room. Uh, Mom, will we have time to stop in Amish country along the way? TripAdvisor says it's peak apple butter season right now. We don't have time to stop and bother the Amish, Brad. Okay, perhaps on the way home. Wait, Brad? She hands him the cup of water. Without a word, he waters the plants in his room. They've done this routine before. Beth knocks on Gail's door again. We have to head out, Mom. We're meeting Megan's new in-laws. We're already cheaper than them. I don't want to be later than them, too. The door opens a tiny sliver, and Gail, quick-witted, sharp-tongued former socialite, peeks out. I know. I'm almost done. Rome wasn't built in a day. Well, you have about 10 minutes to finish the Parthenon. That's Greece. Rome is where the Pope lives. No good, selfish son of a bitch. Brad returns with the water. He's now wearing an English driving cap and ready to go. Beth passes the water directly to Gail, who also instantly waters a plant with it. This routine runs in the family. Oh, why does Gigi hate the Pope? She waved at him at a parade once and he didn't wave back. He knew what he was doing. He looked me directly in the eye. She shoves the water back into Beth's hand and angrily shuts the door. Daryl emerges from his bedroom, plonking his suitcase down with satisfaction. All right, I have officially packed everything the hotel won't provide. Yeah, I can't wait to stock up on two months worth of conditioner and cardboard slippers. Beth hands Daryl the water cup. He takes a huge swig of it, having forgotten the routine. For the plants. All right. He spits the water into a nearby fern. Beth and Brad look a little grossed out, but Daryl blows right past it. And now we just need to unplug every large electronic in the house. On it. Brad and Beth rush off. Daryl knocks on Gail's door. Hey, Gail. Gail peeks out. Can you unplug your television? God, I'm not deaf. Yes. She closes the door in his face. Beth re-enters the hallway. You don't have to shout at Alzheimer's patients, Daryl. Suddenly, Gail throws open her door, revealing that she is dressed in an extremely elegant gown. Alleged Alzheimer's patient. Wow, Mom, so you're going black tie for the road trip. Damn right. This is the first time I've been out of the house in weeks. I'm not going to go out there looking like Nancy Sinatra. Don't worry, Gigi. You're an Ava Gardner if I've ever seen one. Thank you. And now, if you excuse me, I have to go put on a lip. She closes the door, leaving Beth and Daryl alone. Daryl can see that Beth is a little frazzled. Hey, you good? I've been finding stress rashes in place I didn't know I had skin, but you know, you know, I'm pretty good. I can't even imagine how you feel. If I had to look after my mom every day, she'd die. <laughs> yeah, probably. 
it's just, it's weird. Sometimes it feels like I have another daughter now. Yeah. Well, at least we can finally stop worrying about our actual daughter. Oh, sure. Marriage is definitely going to tame Megan. Like how Siegfried and Roy trained that tiger. Yeah. Didn't it eat one of them? No, only maimed. <laughs> right. Well, let's get the hell out of here and watch our tiger get married. As if on cue, the doorbell rings. At the front door, the whole family opens the door to reveal Megan, strong-willed, more adrift than she lets on, smiling widely. I'm not getting married! Everyone's jaws drop. Get the go change. And that's the end of the cold open. We're in act one in the living room moments later. Megan sits on the couch. The family hovers. Gail sits in a recliner, dressed in her house clothes now. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. Well, I mean, there's really just an end, and it's that I'm not getting married. Hey, don't worry. You've got time. You're young. Thank you. So are you. Now, we're missing many, many steps. For instance, why? Daryl indicates he's got this. Megan, men are scum. What did he do? Oh, no, no, no. He, he didn't do anything. Oh, oh, good. What did you do? Nothing, Dad. This isn't a who done it. There's no plot twist. I just called it off. Calling off the wedding is the bravest thing anyone could ever do. Maggie, I think you've just got cold feet. It happens to everyone. You think I was 100% on this guy? I sure wasn't. Hey, this is starting to feel a little personal. I came around. I think we should go to the venue, try out the wedding, and if you don't like it, then you can come home. <laughs> Mom, this is marriage. It's not like the time I got homesick at day camp and you made me stay. But you had a great time. You rode a canoe. You just need to trust me. That's what I said when I told you to marry Daryl. And in both instances, I was right. <sighs> Mom, Dad. I know you love me, and that's why you're bombarding me with so many questions. But sometimes feelings are one way, and then they're just another way. And you can't slow down, and you're getting all these presents, and you're here, and then you're there, and you're trying, and it keeps spiraling and spiraling. And, ah! uh, are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. I'm just excited to be here where I can finally stop thinking about all of this wedding nonsense and focus totally on my life's passion. And what's that now? Well, that's all part of my journey. Discovering what my passion even is. Plus, Gigi's here now. This is so much more fun than Chicago. Gigi, you okay with a roommate? Absolutely. Finally, a little youth in here to spice this place up. Uh, I'm 16. And I love you, dear, but you own all of Dobie Gillis on DVD. And we go to Beth and Daryl's room later. Daryl unpacks his suitcase as Beth stresses nearby. We have to make her get married. That sounds illegal. Well, who cares? This is classic Megan. She backs out of things. I make her do them, then she's happy. No, this feels different. I think we should just trust that we've raised her to make the right decision. Oh, but you know we haven't done that. 
And we go to Megan and Gail's room. The room has clearly been repurposed since Megan moved out. Some posters and decorative lamps from her childhood remain, but they are overwhelmed by grandma knickknacks. Megan unpacks her suitcases on one of the twin beds. Beth knocks, then enters. Hey, how's my favorite daughter? Hey, how'd your talk about me go? Maggie, if I wanted you to hear what I was saying about you, I would have said it to your face. I had to try. So, how's it going in here? You think you'll you'll be comfortable? I think I actually like it better now. Gigi's got gorgeous taste. Beth looks at a particularly garish Victorian plush chair. Sure, sure she does. So, how are you holding up? Fine. You know, tired, bloated. I'm thinking about doing highlights to cover the gray. That's what a lot of women do. Jury's still out. Well, I might just try it anyway. I mean, it can't hurt. <laughs> How's Gigi? Oh, oh, she's okay. She has her moments. I found her purse in the fridge the other day, and when I asked her about it, she said she must have been freezing her assets. <laughs> <laughs> I worry... I worry she's in a bit of denial. I mean, who wouldn't be? I'd be terrified. But at least she can still get out there and enjoy life. Yeah, of course. Within reason. Right. Wait, what? You know, she can't just do anything. Oh, I mean, I think that's exactly what she should do. It's bucket list time. Get in a barrel. Go over the falls. No, 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 no barrel. No falls. We have to manage her stress levels. Keep her on a regular schedule. Or let her do what makes her happy while she still can. I'm going to take her to a drag show. Oh, Gigi's never been to a drag show. Yeah, but trust me, she'll love them. They get boozy. I Sorry, honey, where is this coming from? You called off your wedding and now you're coming home to what? Make Gigi your new project? She's not a project. I just want to make sure she's happy. And I just want to make sure she's healthy. She can't just do a bunch of crazy new things. But Gigi loves crazy new things and crazy new people and flirting with strangers. If she can't do all that, she's not Gigi. I... I know this is hard for you to understand, but I'm the nurse. Of course. You're the nurse and I'm the nothing. No, you're not nothing. You're, you're, you're something else. Beth awkwardly hugs Megan's head as Megan rolls her eyes. Beth leaves, passing Daryl, who leans into the room. Hey, Peanut, just coming by to say I love you and I'm happy you're here and I'm not getting involved. Oh, thank you. Don't worry, I don't blame you. While I have you, uh, when you called off the wedding, did you happen to talk to anyone anywhere? Oh my God! <gasps> the venue! Okay, I'm going to call them right now. Nope, nope. This is dad territory. It's only a measly $2,000 deposit. I'll get it back. All $2,000 of it. Boop on the nose. <sighs> I'm so sorry, Dad. What? $2,000? And we're in the kitchen later. At the dinner table, Gail stares at a plate of random food Beth has thrown together. Two hot dogs, an apple, a go-gurt. What is this, the apocalypse? I'm sorry, Mom. I, I just didn't, I didn't think we'd be here tonight. It's all I had. It's okay. I've done worse. 
when you were a baby, I gave you whiskey. I'm shocked. Oh, you were teething. Dr. McCarter said to him, he was a very good pediatrician. Wasn't he the one who fell asleep with a cigarette in his mouth and burned down his practice? It was a different time. An alert goes off on Beth's phone. It reads medication. Can we stop with the pills? Mom, you know we can't. When you were little, I didn't make you take pills. Yeah, you were too busy getting me drunk. You know what I mean? The pills. It just, I just want to be how I'm going to be. I know I'm only your daughter, but you have to listen to me on this. Fine. But can I at least run out and get some good food? Today's been a pretty hectic day. It's probably best to just stay home. In frustration, Gail shoves her plate of flip food away. It doesn't go very far. To really acting out tonight, huh? Well, I still have to eat it. We go to Brad's room later. He's, Brad sits on his bed watching Welcome Back Cotter on his laptop, earbuds in. He has a normal teenager's room in that there are posters everywhere, but they're for things like the West Wing, NPR's All Things Considered, and Bob Newhart. Daryl slumps his way into the room looking glum. He sits down on the end of the bed, his back to Brad, head hung low. Brad takes his earbuds out. Uh, what, what was that? I said I, I couldn't get the deposit back. I called the venue and those jerks said my request was 178 days late. Ugh, customer service used to be a job people took pride in. Hey, want to help me get the money back? Me? I don't know. Seems a little out of my league. But you're so smart. Last Olympics, you figured out the rules for rugby without even looking them up. Well, you know, once it was clear you could kick, carry, or pass the ball, the rest all kind of, you know, fell into place. See? Smart. But the wedding industry is so intimidating. It's like the mob, only no one dies, usually. Yeah, yeah, I guess we can kiss that money goodbye. Hope you get a scholarship. Wait! Brides. Brides. They love to give advice. There's a whole slew of websites where brides tell other brides what to do. Megan showed me it's terrifying. If we sign up for a fake bridal profile on these forms, I bet someone will know how to deal with the venue. Then we're going to get that deposit back. There it is. I knew I was coming to the right guy. Now let's make that venue regret ever allowing my daughter to get married there. Hell yes. We go to the backyard the next day. Gail watches Megan dig a hole in the yard. You got to put your back into it. Or better yet, hire someone to put their back into it. Beth emerges in a robe holding a mug of coffee. Where are you going this morning? China? <laughs> I'm burying my manifestation. It's voodoo. It's only kind of voodoo. I read about it on Goop, but like way after Gwyneth got sued. So it's legit. Wait, what's a manifestation? It's a thing you want to achieve. You visualize it, write it down, then bury it. It's like planting a seed, but like of a tree you really need to grow. And it's so nice to be in the backyard. This is the closest I can come to getting out of this place. Beth ignores this barb. Can I do one? Of course. Just make sure it's your innermost desire. What, what did you write? 
Megan hands her her manifestation. Beth reads it. A career that fulfills me creatively, emotionally, and financially, and as a bonus, verifies me on both Twitter and Instagram. Oh, well, that's nice. Megan does a confident shimmy. Beth shakes her head, chuckling. Then Gail hands her manifestation to Beth. Dan Quayle gets kicked in the beans. Mom! (laughs) This should really be something for you, Gigi. Oh, trust me, this is for me. (laughs) Beth starts to head back inside. Wait, what about your manifestation? Beth quickly writes something down, hands it to Megan. That's an impossible dream. Megan reads the paper. It says, underwear that doesn't ride up. Megan gags. <laughs> Beth goes back inside. Megan puts each piece of paper in the hole and starts burying them. Gail watches for a beat and then... What are you doing? I'm burying the manifestations now so they can bloom into big, beautiful truth trees. What? Wait, wait why do you have a shovel? Megan realizes Gail is having a memory lapse. We're burying manifestations we want to happen in our lives. Sounds like voodoo. Kind of. Here's what you wrote. She digs Gail's piece of paper out of the dirt and shows her. Dan Quayle gets kicked in the beans. Oh, that sounds <laughs> like me. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, Gigi. We're here now. So let's bury this and try to give Dan Quayle what's been coming for him. Megan turns to continue burying the paper. It's a damn house. I've been locked away in here for weeks. I've forgotten what the rest of the world looks like. What what I need is to do something really fresh and fun. I may have just the thing. We go to the living room later. Beth tidies up nearby as Daryl and Brad huddle over Brad's laptop, scrolling through wedding advice they've received. This is useless. Save the Kate says she got her deposit back because a tornado destroyed the venue. What does she want me to do? Create a funnel cloud? Yeah, and her wedding colors are red and green. Ever heard of a little thing called Christmas? Megan and Gail enter. Back in a bit. Megan's in yoga clothes, holding a mat. Gail is in sweats, holding a beach towel and wearing shades. We're going yogoing. What? No, 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 you're not. No, remember how you said we shouldn't stress Gigi out? Yoga will actually ease her stress. She can just lay there. Oh, it's very calming, I'm told. Wait, you've never done yoga before? I drunk bought a mat a while ago and never used it. If you're focused on doing yoga for the first time in your entire life, how are you going to watch Gigi? What do you think I'm going to do? Stick my fingers in a light socket? No, but if you're going somewhere unfamiliar, you should be with someone more... Reliable. Reliable? Oh, because I called off my wedding. You don't trust me. Not with an Alzheimer's patient. Well, the patient just wants to get out and see some light, some color, something besides these drab walls. Look at this place. Looks like a grilled cheese. We see that the colors in the room are kind of grilled cheesy. If anyone needs me, I'll be in my jail cell making toilet wine. Gail storms out. We hear her door slam. Mom, I know you think controlling everyone is helpful, but you're actually making things worse. I'm keeping things from falling apart. Meanwhile, despite my best efforts, your life is 
What do they say? A hot mess? If you'd stop judging me for like five seconds, you'd realize I'm actually doing just fine. She leaves. An awkward beat passes. Then she peeks back in. By the way, can I borrow the car? And that's the end of Act One. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. This summer, which is uh, just coming to an end, coming to an end, has been rough for all of us because it was supposed to be great. It was supposed to be great, and then it wasn't. And we were dealing when everything was terrible, but it was just when we were told it was going to be better and then it wasn't. I think that's where a lot of us started to really uh, struggle. Look, it doesn't matter who you are, what you have. Life can be stressful. It's just um, for all of us. We're just dealing with so much uncertainty. Uh, it's the, the, the pressure on our relationships has been huge. Um, I'm hearing it from everyone I know. And look, you may not be feeling depressed, maybe just depressed adjacent you know if your stress is high you could probably use the chance to unload to unload to get it out to talk to someone who's completely unbiased about your life someone who's not going to judge you or take sides on anything friends are amazing but they're not unbiased and sometimes there's things that they just aren't really equipped to help you with there's some things you need you know that outside person and you'd be surprised at how much it can help and better help is customized online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist and it's more affordable than in-person therapy just see if it's for you i mean this podcast is sponsored by better help and dead pilot society listeners get 10 percent off their first month at betterhelp.com slash dead pilots so have your first session in under 48 hours. Stop feeling terrible. Just stop feeling like there's nothing you can do to stop feeling terrible. Have your first session in under 48 hours at B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash dead pilots. We've got a new sponsor and I am so excited. Uh, it's something I use all the time and love. It's Cobas. Cobas. Q-O-B-U-Z. What is Cobuzz? Cobuzz offers music streaming and downloads in high-res quality. It's artist-approved sound. It's the highest sound quality available. I have a feeling you might be using another streaming service. You are not getting the sound you deserve. And Cobuzz has everything. I mean, it's been, I've tried. It's really hard to stump them. They've got a library of over 70 million tracks. They also have a download store so you can buy your favorite albums to add to your collection, enjoy them forever. Look, music connoisseurs and audiophiles rely on Cobas for a complete music experience. Uh, they offer, they also offer liner notes, album reviews, artist interviews, handpicked playlists, exclusive editorial content. It's really cool. I'm telling you, you go to the site, it's like going to a cool record store in a way. It's not just this like soulless algorithm. It's writers and people just like the playlists they, they curate and put together and, and the articles and the information. It's like a great music magazine. 
and a great way to discover music. Um, look, I'm a music obsessive, and I really uh, I, I love using Cobas. And so, you can try Cobas with a one month free trial at artistapprovedsound.com. That's artistapprovedsound.com. Music lovers, check it out. Expand your influence and effectiveness. Transform your decision making and learn to lead more effectively with Rotman's Executive Leadership Online. Look, the University of Toronto uh, Rotman School of Management is one of the best schools in Canada and the world. It's ranked number 17 for open enrollment executive education by the Financial Times. You know, at Rotman, you'll learn how to tackle the big issues that come with a new, more senior role so you can succeed. Rotman's unique virtual executive leadership online program will equip you with tools and tips to impress upper management. Look, if you live in the U.S., don't forget the price is in Canadian dollars, so the exchange rate works in your favor, meaning the U.S. dollar price is lower. So visit uoft.me slash exec online to learn more and apply. That's uoft.me slash exec online to learn more and apply. Start your application today to save your seat. I'm going to give it to you one more time. U of T dot me slash exec online. Rotman, here's where it changes. Congratulations. You've won a ticket to attend an exclusive opportunity in a relaxing environment with two lovers. Wow. Well, this sounds like a sort of proposition of sorts, but really it's an ad for our podcast. Wonderful. It's a show we do here on Maximum Fun where we talk about things that we like and things that we're into. I'm Rachel McElroy, and you just heard Griffin McElroy, and we are excited for you to join us as we talk about movies and music and books. Things like sneezing or the idea of rain. (laughs) Can you get news or information you can use? Absolutely you cannot, because we're here to talk to you about pumpernickel bread. You can find new episodes on Wednesdays. So catch, catch the wave. Act two, we're in a yoga studio. Various yogis follow an instructor leading them through poses. At the back of the class, Megan does her best to keep up. I feel so spry. We reveal that Brad is there, nailing cobra pose. You're outclassing me. I wanted to bring Gigi so she'd make me look better by comparison. Thanks for letting me take her spot, by the way. This is far more energizing than my afternoon walks. Of course. I hope this makes up for that time I poked your soft spot. Oh, I don't blame you. Baby skulls are fascinating. They switch to downward dog. So, pretty big blow up back there. Surprised it took us 24 hours. You know mom loves you. She just loves worrying more. I'm tired of her not trusting me. With Gigi, I know I'm right. She'll be so much happier if she just get out, experience life, have one gimlet too many. Well, you do have a point. Sometimes you just gotta let Bartlett be Bartlett. And that's a reference to something old? Well, I prefer the term timeless. Anyway, on West Wing, President Bartlett was feeling caged in, forced to take neutral stances on policy to avoid political fallout. Uh, He was about to lose faith in the whole system when finally Leo told him to just be his true self. So what you're saying is I'm right. We need to let Gail be Gail. 
Megan, getting an idea, fully stops doing yoga. I gotta sneak her out of the house. Okay, you two, enough! The instructor angrily stares at Megan and Brad. The rest of the class isn't doing any of the poses they've been doing. You've been taking, you've been talk, talking for 10 minutes. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize this was quiet yoga. All yoga is quiet yoga. Wow. I have learned a lot today. Megan and Brad sheepishly gather their things and leave. We go to the living room. It's the afternoon. Gail watches a reality TV show. Daryl enters. I made a sex tape once and nobody gave me a TV show. And hello to you. <clears throat> uh, moving past that, Brad and I have just learned that some venues have bereavement clauses in their contracts. Guess what? Ours does. So I want to lie to them. Oh, fun. Right? Now, I, I really need to sell this charade. So I was wondering, would you be willing to tell these people a minor fabrication? And defraud the wedding industry? Absolutely. Beth enters wearing scrubs. Well, now, what are you two up to? Lying. Gossiping. Okay, well, I picked up a shift at the hospital, so be careful. No. Of course. We're in the kitchen. Beth enters, grabs her purse off the counter, looks outside. Megan sits in the backyard near her manifestations. She looks sad. Beth looks as if she's going to say something to her, but she thinks better of it and leaves. In Beth's 2002 Honda Civic moments later, she heads to work, her smartphone hanging from her rear view. Okay, voice text Maggie Sal. Voice text Maggie Sal. What do you want to say? Hi, honey. It's it's mom. You you, you know that. Um, I, I know. Earlier, some words were shared that hurt you, me, all of us. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want that. I, I don't want you to be hurt. Sometimes things are said. Well, sometimes things are said in the heat of the moment that cause hurt, even though you or, or me or whatever, we, we didn't want them to hurt. So I think that it's best if you move forward without the hurt on either side. I love you so much. I love you. Kiss face emoji. Here's your message. Hi, honey. It's mom. You know what? You know, I know Sharon. Oh, forget it. Delete text. You screwed it up. I'm sorry, Beth. No, I wish it were that simple, phone. And we're in the living room later. Daryl paces as Gail waits on hold with the wedding venue. Hello. Yes, this is the bride's grandmother. What a sad phone call to make. My beloved has passed, and on what should have been a joyous weekend of celebration and song. Impressive. Oh, thank you. Yes, he, he was a wonderful, well, he was man, but and now he is gone. Gone. Kick the bucket, bought the farm, bit the dust, deader than a doornail. Okay, Gail, don't oversell it. And I'll tell you what, I don't miss him for a second. Been gone 20 years of philandering, son of a... Daryl yanks the phone away from her. Yeah, and uh, that's why we... Yeah, they hung up. Wow, that felt good. I'm sorry, Dale. Daryl, I, I know that cost you some money, but it just, it gave this old horse such a thrill. She pats his arm. He smiles weakly. 
We go to Brad's room moments later. He sit, Brad sits on his bed, reading Player Piano by Kurt Vonnegut. Daryl enters, plops down heavily on the bed. Well, throwing in the towel. I take it Operation Gigi failed? Worse than the 1990s Buffalo Bills. I assume that's pretty bad, but don't worry. We can find another way to get $2,000. You know, it's not even about the $2,000 anymore. I mean, it is. That is a lot of money. But, you know, I also felt like this family needed a win. But these people keep hanging up on me. So maybe we go to them. Yeah, like that'll work. Then they'll just have the chance to say no to my face. Brad looks at his West Wing poster on the wall and stands. Every time we think we've measured our capacity to meet a challenge, we look up and reminded that capacity may well be limitless. We will do what is hard. We will achieve what is great. This is a time for American heroes. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. Bartlett? Yeah, Bartlett. Wow. Wow. That speech only partially applies, and I'm still inspired. All right, come on. We're hitting the road. Brad grabs his English driving cap. Let's do this. In Megan and Gail's room, moments later, they sit on their beds. We're going out for a few hours. Gigi, put that dress on. We're busting out of this grilled cheese. Where are we going? This is Indy. You know where. And we smash cut to Benihana. There's a real club banger playing. We're talking pit bull level. It pounds as a battered rideshare sedan pulls up. In slow motion, Megan and Gail emerge from the back seat with all the swagger of two A-listers on the red carpet. Gail's in her gown from the cold open, while Megan is dressed about 10% too nice for Benihana. Many indie onlookers, each in a Pacers jersey with no shirt under it, gape as Megan and Gail strut past them into the Benihana. We start a montage. A hostess leads Megan and Gail past a wall of fame, which is 100% Indiana basketball players and Peyton Manning. Megan and Gail clink their champagne glasses. A hibachi chef flips a shrimp into Gail's mouth. The chef does the beating heart trick with rice while Megan and Gail cheer him on. Gail ties a cherry stem with her tongue, and we end the montage. Megan and Gail house some fried rice. I love that they make the food right in front of you. You can really trust it. Oh, I'd name my firstborn hibachi. <laughs> no rush on that, by the way. Live your life. Oh, I will. I have an IUD. <laughs> Gigi, thank you for being on my side. Always. What makes you say that? You know, the calling off my wedding stuff. I know I haven't given anyone a full explanation, but thanks for being supportive anyway. Men are trash and should be illegal. <laughs> Chris cheated on me. What? But you're so much better than him. I know. It was a while ago. We almost broke up and then he proposed. So you thought he'd change? Yeah. Like, I won. I'm the final girl. And then before I could think about it, we were moving in together and planning the wedding. And I knew it was wrong. 
But the whole time in the back of my mind, I heard mom saying, you back out of everything. You back out of everything. So I didn't until it was almost too late. Some things are worth backing out of. I know I married a cheater. I thought, sure, yeah, well, he messes around. But he's stable. He has money. That marriage was five years of suspicion. Then he ran off with a 20-year-old stewardess. She takes Megan's hand. You made the right decision. Thanks, Gigi. They share a nice moment. Then the hibachi chef shatters it. Who's ready for some food magic? He places a chicken breast on the grill. Now you see it? He sprays a big bottle of water all over the grill, creating a giant steam cloud that passes through Megan and Gail. With Megan distracted, Gail notices three busboys on their way out the back door, headed for a smoke break. Interested, she follows them out just as the steam clears. Ha <laughs> ha! Now you don't! We reveal the chicken breast is mysteriously gone. Wow! Where did the chicken go? She looks at where Gigi, where Gail used to be. Gigi? She looks around the restaurant. No Gail. Oh, shit. And that's the end of Act 2. Act 3, we're exterior Hoosier National Forest Lodge at night. It's a very economy-looking lodge surrounded by trees. A giant marquee reads, Ask about our affordable weddings. Inside the lodge, Daryl and Brad confront an event planner in the lobby. You're telling me I drove 49 miles and you're still not giving me my money back? There's only one gas station and it was out of business. I'm sorry, but there's nothing I can do. Look, my, my family is going through a lot right now and I'm not leaving here until we work something out. As I have told you many times, refunds are against our policy. Well, I hope it's not against your policy for us to sleep here. Daryl and Brad sit on the ground in protest. I mean, there's no specific policy, but you can't do that. At the Benihana at the same time, Megan stands on the tiny bridge in the sushi pond area of Benihana. She yells to the restaurant. Attention, Benihana. I am looking for an extremely glamorous 80-year-old woman. She has early-stage Alzheimer's and is still dressed better than all of you. I have looked everywhere, including the mini Zen garden. An annoyed manager rakes over what are clearly Megan's footprints all throughout the mini Zen garden. This is a photo of her. If you can't see it from where you are, you can find it on Instagram at better Megan Healy. That's at sign B-E-T-T. A hostess rushes up to her. Ma'am, I need you to stop. Step down. This isn't a load bearing bridge. Excuse you. I am at wedding. Wait. Wait, weren't you prom queen? Yes, but I didn't campaign. Everyone just... Oh my God, Danielle! It's been forever. How are you? I'm great. Great. You know, great. Awesome. Awesome. We should catch up sometime. Oh, and uh, we haven't seen your grandmother. Moments later, Megan paces around the parking lot of the Benihana. She pulls out her phone. She scrolls to mom... Closes her eyes, deep breath, hits call. Hi. And in the Benihana parking lot later, Beth's car screeches into a parking space. She hops out and rushes up to Megan. She's in her scrubs. 
Where did you last see her? There was chicken and steam and food magic. And I looked up and then she just. I'm not mad. Let's just find mom. Then I'll be mad. Inside, Beth approaches the hostess. Where do people take their smoke break? In the alley behind Benihana moments later, Beth and Megan burst through the back door, look around, then turn down a small side alley. There, they find the busboys, all gathered around Gail, who's spinning yarns. So I say to him, I say, Bob, you're living up to your name because hope's as close as you're going to get to smooching with me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Who the hell is Bob Hope? Mom, thank God. It's time to go. But I'm telling these strapping young men about my USO days. It's crazy. Did you know they used to have something called a draft? Beth starts to protest, but sees how much fun Gail is having. Go ahead, Mom. Tell them about the USS Intrepid. That was a saucy ship. If I ever saw one one time this time, Jamie Farr and I were um, sort of making were, it. <laughs> I want to hear the rest. Um, <laughs> Mom, you were right. I'm a hot mess. I can't believe how dumb I was. You're not dumb. You're stubborn, which, let's face it, runs in the family. <sighs> yeah, I guess Gigi and I are two peas in a very difficult pod. <laughs> Talking about me, I wanted to apologize to you this afternoon, but I didn't know how because I didn't think I'd done anything wrong. I still kind of don't. I don't think this is an apology yet. I'm getting there. The thing is, I see how much fun Gail's having. And you made that happen for her by going against everything I told you to do. Okay, so apologies usually have a sorry in them. (laughs) I know. I'm about to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't trust you. You're a grown up. And if you think not getting married was the best decision, then I believe you. Thank you. And I'm sorry I haven't told you the full story. And I know you know there is one, but I knew you would love me unconditionally. And I wasn't sure Chris would. This moves Beth. She gives Megan a very caring hug and they both tear up. You know I do. Suddenly the Benihana manager angrily bursts into the alley. Hey, bus boys, you've been out here for half an hour. I got teriyaki piled up to the ceiling in here. The bus boys all hop up, apologizing and hurry inside. I had a good night. I can tell. And mom, I, um, I think some more independence may be good for you within reason. You know, the three of us make a pretty good team, a team that would miss the playoffs, but a team. They share a touching three-way group hug. After a beat, Gail pulls back, takes a loving look at them. You both look fat. (laughs) (laughs) And we go to the exterior of the Healy house. The ladies get out of Beth's car. Inside, the house is dark. That's weird. Where are the boys? They enter the front door into the living room. Just as they enter, the lights spring to life, illuminating an uplit wall-to-wall assortment of wedding flowers, candles, and a donut tower. Brad and Daryl jump out. Surprise! Brad and Daryl are in suits. Brad is holding a tray of appetizers and champagne. Wow, 
is this for my wedding? Yeah, we couldn't get the deposit back, but I put up a fight. He cried. Beth hands Gail a glass of champagne. Gail looks surprised. Beth shrugs. What can it hurt? I just, wa- I just wanted to show everyone that while the house may be filled with chaos, that doesn't mean it can't also be filled with fun. Daryl. So, what do you think, Gail? A wedding with no groom? I love it. And that's the end of Act 3. We're in the tag. It's the yoga studio the next day. Megan is in class in the middle of Cobra Pose. Wow. I'm getting pretty good at this. We pull out to reveal Brad doing the same pose next to her. I thought this would be mostly breathing. We pull out again to reveal Daryl is also here, wearing cargo shorts and a Colts t-shirt, straining to do the pose. I honestly don't see what all the fuss is about. We pull out again to reveal Beth, who's doing an even more complex pose and nailing it. Yeah, this is a little too easy. We pull out once more to reveal Gail, just laying on her back, staring up at the ceiling. Enough! We see that once again, none of them are doing the pose that the class is doing, and the instructor is livid. I have asked you so many times to stop talking. Now leave before my chakras implode. The Heelys quickly gather their things. Jeez, I thought yoga was supposed to be calming. They leave, and that's the end of the pilot. All right, I hope you enjoyed that, and definitely come back next week for my conversation with Megan and Aaron. Uh, there's another thing, you'll hear some more great stories about our dear departed Jamie Tarsus, who was the producer on this, uh, in that one. Dead Pilot Society is produced by me and Ben Blacker and our associate producer, Noah Findling. Hey, if you like this show, come on, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's how people, you know, helps people find us. It really helps. Maybe tell a friend. That's even better, maybe. Follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter at Dead Pilot Spot, on Instagram at Dead Pilot Society. All right, everybody. Keep finding a way to help someone. Be nice to yourself. This is tough stuff we're still dealing with. Uh, everybody stay safe out there. Until next time, I'm Andrew Reich. Thank you for listening. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.